1: What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Friday, October 29th. We are in Halloween weekend. Excited for that. You know, get to take my two kids to retreating this weekend. It's my oldest birthday. We've got a big birthday party going on. A lot of good college football games, a lot of good NFL games, and For the most part, I think the NFL weekend kicked off pretty good with that game last night. Matt is here with me, so we will recap the Cardinals and the Packers, and then we will preview the entire Week 8 NFL slate. Matt, how are you doing on this beautiful Friday?
2: Hanging in there, uh, you know, feeling a little bit better. Getting ready for the weekend. We have round two of trunk retreats uh, that we're doing a trunk for tomorrow. We did Mandalorian Christmas. I don't know if you saw our little Post we have baby Yoda building a tree so that's been kind of fun to see the kids and then uh, as has been the case for a lot of October on Sunday it looks like I'm being the supervisor on duty again.
1: Yeah we uh we did a trunk or treat at uh, one of my wife's good friend's schools last weekend. I saw the picture that you posted. Yeah we took our kids. My son went as head master chief and then my youngest went as uh, an uh, Among Us character which was um interesting to say the least because that costume is about as tall as me with him inside of it and so it was very we have like a massive fan in there it's like help keep the costume blown up and keep him cool and so it was fun i guess walking behind him and like somewhat holding it up because it's probably a little bit too big for him but so is it going to be
2: warm there this weekend because tomorrow for us for the Trump treat that we're doing supposed to be 71 on sunday actual halloween Daytime high is supposed to be forty seven with a rain snow mix in the afternoon or evening. So uh God, good luck kiddos.
1: Fair. Yeah, for us, I believe, um, like right now it's been it's been really beautiful early morning and night getting down. It's like the fifties, sixties, which I like. I, I prefer that weather. And then in the afternoons it's been getting up to like the seventies. So it's not a not too bad. Yesterday for for my kids' soccer practice, it was like 74, 75, So I assume it's gonna be something like that. So you know, and they were
2: saying it could be like 38 or 39 when they're out trick treating.
1: That is uh, not going to be fun. Not going to lie. I'm glad that uh, <laughs> one of the great things about living in Texas sometimes is during winter or late fall for a lot of other people starts to get bad for us. It's just like a, uh, it's a, like a little bit of early fall. All right, so let's talk about that Thursday night game. Oh, no, we're not. We're going to talk about how much we love to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network first, because we do. You can find them at, Pigskin at PodNet on Twitter, or you can check out the hashtag that I have here at the top of the screen, T-P-P-N. We hashtag that when we go live, as does everybody else. It's It really, truly is a great network to be a part of, uh, and we are excited to be with them for the Thursday night football game, the Packers end up beating the Cardinals, so you were right on this one. You, you had the Packers, and I said "Yet yeah, I said on Wednesday that I, I could see it happen and I hoped it happened, but I did end up going with the Cardinals and, and Rodgers and them were able to pull it off here. But Robert Tunyon appeared to get hurt. What does this mean for Green Bay, and has A.J. Dillon worked himself into becoming flex-worthy?
2: Yeah, I might have been right about the final, but what an anticlimactic – Last uh, few minutes, you have Green Bay get a touchdown pulled off the board and then arguably one of the worst drives in history, but pin them inside the one, have the Cardinals go all the way down only for A.J. Green not to realize that he's getting the ball thrown to him and just gift an interception. I thought for sure it was going to be overtime. So I ended up being right. That wasn't exactly how I drew it up. Robert Tanyan, kind of a bummer. I thought for sure it was either ACL or something. Um, it looked like it was a total non-contact injury. I know he got kind of pushed down at the time, but it's really he had stopped his momentum, and you saw him picking up his leg and starting to reach down for it before he even hit the ground. Uh, it seemed like Matt Lefour seemed to indicate that it's probably an ACL, so that would be – the end of his season, I was interested in Josiah Deguara, who's their uh, second-year guy, got involved a little bit. We've seen them use Mercedes Lewis down there. I think it's going to be a combination of those two, which is probably fine for the Packers, but not great for fantasy. For A.J. Dillon, we've seen him be decent a few times. He's making the most of carries he's getting. The big difference between him and what a Jamal Williams had typically done is he doesn't seem to have any role in the passing game which I think limits some of his upside since most people play in PPR leagues. I also have to wonder if with no receivers playing a pretty stout offense, it seemed like their plan was to try to ground and pound and chew the clock up last night. Uh, That might have impacted how much opportunity Dylan's given. Jones appears to be, by far and away, still the number one guy. He catches passes. All the red zone, I was watching all the red zone drives. They weren't really sticking Dylan in there when they were down in the red zone. It was all Aaron Jones. So, Dylan, I would like to see more consistency probably before I feel confident that he has weekly flex value.
1: Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I'm curious is. He he was. I think he should have probably gotten another touchdown there. I mean, with Aaron Jones that w- he got stuffed multiple times on on the goal line, and AJ Dillon was just kind of like throwing dudes aside most of that game. I feel like they probably should have put him back in and Fourth left and get goal, that touchdown I would have for yeah. sure. So I wonder if maybe they start using him a little bit more in the red zone and and almost make it a Jamal Williams Aaron Jones split, but Aaron Jones becoming more of the Jamal Williams in the fact that he is so good in the receiving game and not to say he's not a good runner because he is, but I do think AJ Dillon is a little bit more effective through the tackles, like up the middle than Aaron Jones is. So I'm with you on that. I definitely want to see it more before I just throw him in. There's just one game and Aaron Jones has been so good all season long. I don't know that they're just going to go in next week and, and reduce Aaron Jones carries enough to continue to make AJ Dillon flex worthy. But You know, I could very much see this being a Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard type situation, maybe not this year, but possibly by next if A.J. Dillon continues to play this way because the Packers, I think, as long as as Aaron Rodgers stays, which will be a major question this offseason with the way he reworked his contract. But if he stays there, I think they want to try and limit to Jones a little bit here and there to kind of save him for the playoffs. I think their ultimate goal is a Super Bowl, not, say, winning in Week 8. Or, or whatever, and, and having him have, like, 35 carries and 10 catches. On the Cardinals' side here, they come up short. Should we be concerned about Hopkins or Murray? You know, Hopkins, the one thing I'll say on Hopkins, though, it was a hamstring injury. I like, but I don't, also don't like that he forced himself back into the game because uh, I know they were reporting. So I was kind of, like, watching the game but with no sound because I was recording with, uh, with our good friend Colin last night. And I saw the text and everything saying, oh, well, he's out for the game because I wasn't watching, so I couldn't hear the volume. And then I saw that he just kind of, like, forced himself back out on the field and then, like, almost immediately gets, like, a 70-yard touchdown catch. Now it got called back because of the face mask that he had down the sideline. So I would assume he's going to be okay that he did that and he came back in. Murray is concerning. Now I, will admit I haven't really looked at anything to see if they've said anything, but he was laying on the ground. He was limping a lot in that last drive.
2: Yeah, and they said he was wearing a boot uh, when he came out for um, for interviews and stuff. So that would be a little bit concerning. Hopkins, you know, he's a gamer and he wants to play through it. I was trying to look. They have um, three weeks before a bye week. You know, if they had a bye coming up, I'd probably feel a little better. I the Kind of a hamstring injury. He's a gamer and wants to play through it, but at the same time, I feel like consistently pushing and trying to go out there prevents it from ever getting to be 100%. Now, maybe the playing Thursday night, you get 10 days off. It's kind of like having a mini buy. Maybe that helps him get back in shape. But more concerning to me would be Murray looked like he jacked up his ankle. He looked like he was having trouble walking at the end. That certainly looked like an impact of the throw a little bit. If he was to miss significant time, I don't even know who they're current backup is, I'm afraid it's that streveling guy. I'm going to look at the depth chart really quick, but none of them are going to be like, it's Colt McCoy. So Colt McCoy, a veteran who's played, but that's, you know, a different game plan. I think the bigger thing with Hopkins is they have a lot of receivers, but you saw there that pivotal interception a couple of times in the middle of the game, AJ Green in 2021 is not DeAndre Hopkins. Christian Kirk is not DeAndre Hopkins. Rondell Moore has his own issues adjusting. I was surprised they didn't seem to be using Zach Ertz that much. I mean, there was quite a few shots when they'd go to Hopkins on the sideline and he was standing there with Ertz. And I'm like, okay, who else is out there for you? Um, you know, they have a lot of weapons, but nobody is quite as dynamic as DeAndre Hopkins and quite the leader and the competitor Hopkins is. So that's where I would be concerned if you're a Cardinal fan, if you lose a Murray that's devastating. You can't you can't really get a Hopkins. That's also devastating. You're talking about a couple of the big leaders on your team.
1: Yeah, Murray. I would think. I want to. I want to see more. See, I didn't see the boot stuff. I've been. I've been out of commission all morning. It's 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 been a it's been a rough day at the Bruning household. I I, I ran into some kind of wall last night. Maybe I shouldn't have stayed up to like three o'clock in the morning watching Sopranos. That would maybe maybe that's what got me. I got I got a little uh. Late night chips and queso kind of uh, little fiend inside me a little. I, I needed and I went and got some and then sat around I was like, you know what? Nothing's better than a little mafia, some killing and chips and queso. And maybe that's what's got me this morning, but it's, it's not been a fun morning to, to be me.
2: The killing was your sinuses.
1: That was, yeah, it was definitely like, bro, you're eating cheese when you know your, your nose and throat aren't feeling well. And then it's, it's got me now. <laughs> like I, I paid for it. Uh, it was delicious though. So I don't regret one decision. Hopkins has not missed any game. So the one thing I can't remember is 2019. He was still with Houston. That was the only year that he played 15 games. I don't remember if he was hurt or if maybe he sat. I don't think Houston was that good that they would have sat him for a game, but I cannot remember. So that is the one thing that I am curious with, because as you mentioned it, and I'm pretty sure we talked about it a little bit on Wednesday, he is a gamer. He does not miss games no matter what. I know for a fact that he has not been 100% healthy every single year. He's definitely had some injuries and some nicks and bruises. He's played through all of them. I would I would bet that he's going to play every week, but maybe it's something where he's not targeted too heavily, or maybe they don't use him too much downfield to try and keep that hamstring intact. But that, that is something we've got to watch for. Well,
2: and that's what they seem like they did last night is they used him more in a rotation. They put him out in key spots.
1: Yeah. And that that would make sense cuz I think the big thing like I just mentioned with Aaron Jones and the Packers is their end game is playoff super bowl not we're not we don't need to go undefeated and that's out the window now too. So I, I'd be very curious to see what they do cuz the big thing with Arizona though too. Is this is kind of where they were last year. Now they weren't undefeated but I'm pretty sure they only had like one or two losses and then they got a couple injuries, and things started to crumble for them. We know they lost J.J. Watt, which is a big thing for that defense. And now you got Murray and Hopkins hurting. We They really kind of need to manage these guys better. Because the other thing I will say, and this is probably the first time I've gone negative on this, uh, Dennis has not been a big fan of Cliff Kingbury. I feel like he got out coached last night by not just Matt LaFleur in that defense, a team that was missing a lot of their starters I think if we're all being honest with ourselves, as good even as good as Aaron Rodgers was, that should have easily been a, no, I shouldn't say easily, should have been more a Cardinals win than Packers with everybody the Packers are missing, not just on the offense, but on the defense. And to me, it did not look like the Pan, the, the Cardinals really controlled that game. Now, they probably should have won it had, had Murray not thrown an interception or at least gone into overtime, and we see what happens. That was a, a weird play. And I don't put that on Murray at all because, it looks. To, it looked to me like Adrian didn't know like what the play walking. call was. Yeah, it looked like he didn't know what the play call was. So, I, I will. Uh, I'm not going to put that on Murray, but it just. It was a weird game for the Cardinals.
2: Yeah, if it hadn't gotten picked, I bet it would have been OPI, um, yeah. because of the way he was pushing the defender. Well, we're about to talk about uh, the rest of the slate and give you some of our insight. But if you want the tools that help Bob Harris reach the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame, head to footballdiehards.com and get the Flash Update Pro. It's a full suite of tools to make you a better fantasy manager. Rankings, configurable cheat sheets, mock drafts, consistency tools, target distribution, snap counts, and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE for an additional 15% off the already low price of $24.
1: All right, let's jump into the previews here. And we've got the three and four Panthers at the three and three Atlanta Falcons. The Panthers have lost four straight and the lease is getting it shorter for Sam Darnold. Can he turn it around and get it right this week?
2: Well, it's another decent matchup, but I mean, you would have thought he had a favorable matchup last week facing the Giants and it just couldn't get it going. Maybe sitting down gives him a little bit of a kick, Um but there's something that's just not working with him and the offense. He was actually uh, later today. I think uh, when my sit starts come out on campus to can he was my sit for the week at quarterback. I just am not confident uh, that he's he's back to what we saw the first three weeks. He he probably will be a mid to low end QB two, but he's had a real turnover issue and their offense has not been the same without McCaffrey who's not coming back. Atlanta has a decent offense. I think they will press that defense and they will press uh, to make this more of a scoring game. And Sam Darnold, he doesn't look like he's got it. He's in a pivotal situation. I I would love for him to turn it around, but I don't trust him.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of with you on the not trusting him thing. I feel like we've talked a lot about it on here that since CMC has gone down, that seems to have really hurt Darnold. I don't know that he turns around even as bad as this Atlanta offense has been most of this year. You know, he still has a lot of really good players on the team. And DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, you know, Tommy Tremble has been good at times as well. Terrace Marshall, you know, who is a rookie that a lot of people thought was going to be really good, is just he's done nothing so far this season. And and Joe Brady's a guy that I really like. I think he's a great offensive play caller. And and it's not even just the Darnold turnovers. This offense has not looked the same without CMC. So I, I the only player I've really started, and even he has been kind of up and down these past couple of weeks, is DJ Moore is probably the only guy I'm buying into in this offense. And And, and Darnold, unfortunately, I think is kind of – Losing a lot of his value, and and I'm not even sure is holds like a future NFL starter position with with the way he's played.
2: Yeah, and Marshall is out again uh, this week, and for you know Darn, there was a lot of talk about Darnold had trouble connecting with Robbie Anderson when they were with the Jets. They have not formed much of a connection. Um, Robbie Anderson was much better last year with Teddy Bridgewater.
1: Yeah. All right. On the Atlanta Falcons side here, they are three and three. Can they keep this rolling?
2: You know, I think they can. There was a little bit of uh, struggles, I think, at the beginning of the season, but they seem to have figured it out and gotten into a groove. Kyle Pitts looks like a beast, kind of a big play guy. They've used Ridley as more of a possession guy. They have uh, Russell Gage as back healthy and really – I mean, much to our surprise, they seem to have really found something with Cordero Patterson, who's been decent for them in the run game, decent as a receiver, Um, and it's come, you know, they've looked better as they've minimized the role of Mike Davis, which is a bummer for fantasy, but has been good for them. I actually think Atlanta's going to win this game and, and is the team that's serving.
1: Yeah, what's been fun for me is seeing um, Kyle Pitts' targets and everything go up. I almost feel like he's become the one in this offense now with the way that Calvin Ridley is kind of yeah. slumped. I'd be curious to see what Ridley can do again this week, but I, I'm here for it. I, I'd love to not have to sing hail to the victors if possible, and it's trending that way. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I mean, Atlanta, besides you know, the first couple of weeks where they did not look good, they have really turned it around right before their bye, and now last week as well. Uh, and I do think that continues. I mean, Matt Ryan looks like a completely different quarterback these past couple weeks than he did earlier in the season. The defense is is still an issue, I think. But this offense is, has been humming. And, again, even with Calvin Ridley not really producing, they've been good. And if he can actually turn it on and be the Calvin Ridley we saw last year, I think this offense can even take another step forward.
2: You know, and maybe Stefan Gilmore gets activated and does something. But Carolina's defense has massively fallen off from where they yeah. were first three weeks.
1: Yeah, that's um. I was listening to a show this morning, uh, "Wake Up with uh, with Ray G," uh, and there's a a big Panthers fan that they were talking about this game, and he was commenting in there that word around Carolina is that there's a shot he will be activated, being and playing this weekend. So that's definitely something to watch out for because I mean I agree that the Panthers defense hasn't been great, and Stephon Gilmore. I mean last we saw him was still a very, very good player coming back from a pretty pretty serious injury, but I'm I'm curious to see what he looks like this weekend. Uh with that said, I think I am going to take the Falcons to win the game.
2: Yeah, I took the Falcons as I mentioned. Dennis took the Panthers.
1: All right. The one and six Miami Dolphins at the four and two Buffalo Bills. Do you feel good about starting anybody? All the Dolphins.
2: Uh, Mike Gusecki. I think Mike Gusecki is still a top five tight end. And if I'm in super flex, there are worse options than Tua as my QB two, but I'm not actually that bullish on him in this game. The only one I feel real set on is Mike Gusecki.
1: Oh, sorry. I am dealing with all kinds of stuff over here. Maybe instead of making excuses for the Packers one, maybe they're just better. Maybe they are Taylor. I don't read remember us making an excuse at all for the Packers winning. We no,
2: they are a better team. I just thought the ending was a little anticlimactic. Yeah. I actually think Aaron Jones scored that I, we didn't mention, but I was surprised they overturned that on replay.
1: Oh yeah. 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 I don't remember us saying, giving any excuses for the Packers. I just said with the team, the fact that they were missing so many starters, I, that's why I leaned Arizona. I don't think the Packers are a bad team at all. In fact, I, I mean, maybe you haven't been listening all year. I'm pretty sure I picked the Packers to make it and win the Super Bowl. So you're not going to hear me saying the Packers are not a good team. So I, I apologize if you, if you took it that way, but uh, that's not at all we were saying. Uh, so anyways, on the Dolphins side, yeah, I'm with you. Mike Gusecki for sure is in my starting lineups. Miles Gaskin, I'm probably still flexing because he's the lead running back. And I do think he's going to get some receiving work, but even then, I think you're you're. There's only so many running backs you can play every single week at this point. That I think he's just got to be in there. But I've I've really lowered expectations for what uh, what I'm expecting out of him every single week. For the for the Bills here, Stefan Diggs was really hot pre bye week. Do you think he stays hot now that they've come back from their bye?
2: Yeah, and Miami's past defense was supposed to be a strength of their team, but it's been more of a liability the last few weeks. I think it's going to be a big game for Diggs and Allen. They had uh, two weeks to contemplate that loss to Tennessee. I think they're going to come out hard.
1: Yeah, I think Buffalo is wanting to just, like, trounce everybody, so I would not be surprised. We we talked about it earlier this year that, you know, if Stephon Diggs wasn't doing quite what he did last year, but it was only a matter of time. I think that time has come. I have him as my wide receiver one this week. I, I think he's in for a big week here against the Dolphins, and I'm taking the Bills to win the game.
2: Dennis and I are also on the Bills.
1: Next up, the 2-4 San Francisco 49ers at the 3-4 Chicago Bears. We know that Jimmy G is at least going to start the game. Can he turn it around and get the 49ers back in the win column?
2: Yeah, I think I expect him to have a little bit of a better game. Uh, uh, Elijah Mitchell was good last week in the inclement weather. I think he has a chance to be a uh, decent, too. But I think the 49ers really are feeling a lot of pressure, and this is a winnable game. I expect them to come out and look a lot better. Hopefully, maybe he'll even remember Brandon Ayuk as a member of his team.
1: That's what I was going to bring up. My goodness. He did miss Brandon Ayuk. I, I was watching a replay of it. Uh, I think it was Jim... Uh... Can't remember his last name now. Uh one of the one of the really good like doctor guys. I know we both follow because you've mentioned him before too. And he's a big 49ers fan. I'll look it up because I don't want to just call him Jim the Doctor guy. Uh he had posted a video about that the other day. Some picture of like the um
2: Yeah, they missed him on it, and potentially he was open for an 80-yard TD. Yeah, yeah. The conditions were horrific. It's the Brandon Ayuk thing feels a little bit more like. Something's going on off the field because you've had some sort of lukewarm to negative comments from Kyle Shanahan and from John Lynch, and it doesn't seem they're featuring him the same way, Um, but they need somebody other than Debo Samuel if they really want to keep going, and George Kittle's not available, Ross Dwelley hasn't looked like the guy, they don't really have any of the other receivers that have exactly emerged. And Ayuk is a talented player that they took in the first round for a reason. I would expect sooner or later they're going to get him going if they want to make a serious run.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I was very surprised. I remember making a comment about that when that when the news – or not the news came out, but when I read what John Lynch had said about Brandon Ayuk, I just felt like that – there's just some weird <laughs> stuff going on in that organization I can't uh... – it Same doesn't Den- make any sense.
2: Denver, when we get yeah, there, you know, uh, Vic Fangio. Basically, they were like, Jerry G's coming back. and He's like, well, he'll be out there, but it won't change our offense. People might notice he's out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I cannot find this, this guy to save my life. Know, so I, I do remember uh,
2: seeing something like that. But, yeah, well, I think Jimmy G
1: will have a better
2: game. He seemed frustrated, too.
1: Yeah. For the... <clears throat> excuse me for the Chicago Bears side. What do we expect from Khalil Herbert? We know Damian Williams is back, uh, you know, last week, probably, you know, people like myself overthought that a little bit, him coming straight off the COVID list, no practice, probably wasn't much of a chance that Damian Williams did much and he didn't, but he is now a week full back into practice. So what are you expecting between him and Khalil Herbert for the Chicago bears offense?
2: Well, I think there's still a chance. Williams is the preferred passing back. Um, but Khalil Herbert has done nothing to diminish his snaps for the Bears. In fact, they should be increasing it. From weeks five to seven, when he really started getting an opportunity, he's running back 13 on the season. He was probably the lone bright spot for the Bears last week in a shellacking at the hands of the Buccaneers. He got 100 yards rushing against a very tough defensive front. The 49ers do not have as tough of a defensive front. If we saw what Jonathan Taylor and some other backs have done against them, I think they need to give the ball to her and try to, you know, do what they can to help Justin Fields, who's been struggling with accuracy, with turnovers. Having a strong running game has helped the Bears to be more competitive. They got to continue to lean into that. He was a start uh, in my start sitcom this week. I like him.
1: Very nice. Hey, I'm a big fan of that. I, you know, like I said, I don't remember many people uh, talking about picking him up back when David Montgomery went down, outside of myself. And he has been amazing, and I hope it continues to, to work out that way. Because I'm with you. It, it even goes. I want to say it goes back to even last year about Tampa Bay not allowing a hundred yard rushers, and then Khalil Herbert goes out there and does that last week. It, and as you mentioned, he was the lone bright spot for this offense. I don't think he. I think he deserves to be the starter over Damian Williams. And just with the way he's run the ball, he even looked better than that very first week that him and Damian Williams were together. He looked better. The difference was Damian Williams had two catches and a touchdown. Outside of that, Khalil Herbert's stats look better. So I'm with you. I think he's the guy. Continue to play him until Montgomery comes back. At which point, we'll talk more about that. Obviously, when Montgomery comes back, I think you probably have to sit him when Montgomery comes back, because I don't know what the workload would be like, but I feel like because of how good he's played, if he continues this pace, he's likely worked himself into some kind of timeshare with Montgomery, but how much of that timeshare will be the question. Probably just enough to crush
2: the value of both guys.
1: Probably, unfortunately. Uh, I will take, um, you know what? Because I am petty and I hope this works out in his favor. I'm going to take the Bears and Fields. I hope that Fields plays well enough to beat the 49ers as a kind of a stick it to Jimmy G for taking Trey Lance over him.
2: I am going to take the 49ers, and Dennis is also taking the 49ers.
1: All right, next up, <clears throat> excuse me, what could be a very interesting game? The three and three Pittsburgh Steelers at the four and three Cleveland Browns. Aside from Harris and Johnson, are are any do are there any other Steelers you like here?
2: No, not really. I mean, you would like to like Chase Claypool, who was good last year, but I just don't trust the passing game enough. He's probably a deep league flex at best.
1: Yeah, I think uh, with, with Juju being out, I think he's at least worth a flex. Uh, Cleveland's gonna be missing Denzel Ward tomorrow, which is which is huge. Or tomorrow, I keep it's not Saturday yet, guys. On Sunday. And this secondary hasn't been great, even with a lot of the players they've gotten back. They've still suffered some injuries in there. I think Claypool could end up getting you a couple big plays here. I do expect this to be, um, I don't want to say a shootout, but I expect some points to get put up between these two teams because um, I think Pittsburgh's defense is good, and the Browns are going to have to pass the ball a little bit, which is going to be a question mark with Baker here, so... What are we expecting from the run game? We know Nick Chubb is going to be back. Uh, Dearness Johnson looked amazing last week. Steelers, though, a very good defense. So what are you expecting from those two?
2: Yeah, I think they're going to have to ride uh, the running game. And I think Dearness Johnson will mix in a little bit. I have him, I think, in RB3 range. But I still like Nick Chubb. You know, we've seen Chubb doesn't need 30 carries to be able to make an impact. He's kind of a special player. I would trust the running game more than the passing game.
1: I think you're going to have to because we don't know what Baker is going to do this week. I, I, I truly believe they would not put him out there if he wasn't at least like 70 to 80 percent. And he was technically playing with this injury beforehand and it wasn't affecting him too much. The, the way I kind of compared it when I recorded last night with Colin and we were talking about this was if you watch the Thursday night game, I know that Baker wasn't out there. But you could clearly see Teddy's lower leg injuries affecting him throwing the ball. There was, sometimes he could not put any air on it. I think that's why that inter, that ball was intercepted in the end zone in that game because uh, he, he was really not being able to drive off that back foot. Baker can still drive the ball. He hasn't lost any velocity, hasn't really lost any accuracy with that. But how much is it going to bother him throwing now that there's also a slight fracture in there? I don't know. Something we're going to have to watch. And, how much is it going to bother him if he takes a couple hits? Because I'm going to be honest, it's probably going to happen. As good as that Browns offensive line is now that they've got practically everybody back, the Steelers' defensive line is really good. They're likely going to get to Baker at least once or twice this game. So if he gets hit a couple times, how much does that bother him? I'm with you. They're likely going to lean on Chubb and Ernest, John, D. Ernest Johnson as much as possible. When it comes to the passing game, I don't know where you had Baker. I had him at 24, so I'm not expecting a big game from him uh, this week. And I think the only player I would trust is Jarvis because of him working in the short area of the field and how quickly he creates just enough separation for the ball to get to him. Baker might get it to him a lot in this game because I don't know that Baker's going to go downfield.
2: Yeah, I had Baker down in in the 20s too.
1: Hmm. hmm, 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 hmm. I'm going to take the Browns, but I don't feel great about it.
2: Dennis and I also took the Browns.
1: All right. Next up, the 2-5 and Philadelphia Eagles at the 0-7 Detroit Lions. What do you like about the backfield with Miles Sanders?
2: Yeah, I think it's a tick up for Kenneth Gainwell, who uh, has already been a, a part of the backfield. But it seemed like when Sanders went out, they still use Gainwell in the way that he had been being used and they rotated Boston Scott in there to get some carries. They haven't exactly had the most robust rushing game anyway. Um, but, you know, deep league desperation, maybe Scott is worth it. But Gainwell would probably be the one I would pick. And I don't have him incredibly high.
1: Yeah, I actually think I'd lean Boston Scott. We've... We've seen, and I, I don't like saying that, but we've seen in the past couple of years when Miles Sanders has been injured or out, that's who they've leaned on. And they brought him back out last week. And I never think think Gainwell's probably more of the receiving back. But we also haven't seen Hurts really dump off to either one of those guys. Earlier in the season, Gainwell was getting a lot of work, and then that just kind of disappeared. And as you mentioned, the fact that they really don't seem to want to run the ball with anybody but Jalen Hurts. I don't know that either one of these guys has a tremendous amount of value in this game, even going up against the, the Detroit lions. Cause they've been playing decent. I mean, I know they're Owen seven, but they realistically could have had a couple wins. In and there. they, they could easily be three and four the right Rams now.
2: rushing game last
1: week. Yeah. And, I mean, they could easily be three and four with the way they have played and how they've gotten some like heartbreaking losses throughout this year. So realistically if you're plugging either one of those guys in i'm talking we're talking deeply flex I-, I wouldn't even trust i don't have either guys in rb2 this week i i don't i think scott i have ranked higher um and i think i have him at 27 if i'm remembering correctly so it's not a uh not a great feeling on either one of those guys for the lions we've seen them come closer in recent weeks of pulling off that win is this finally the week i think it is Oh. Uh, I don't think I'm taking the Eagles. So I, I don't think so, but I, I do think it's going to be a good game. The one thing I will say that I, I really like at least last week, and we'll see if that continues over is the pri- the previous weeks, they've really only thrown the ball a lot to Deandre Swift. It seems like in the fourth quarter and running him and passing him the ball a lot last week, we got the throughout the entire game and he had a huge game for the Lions. Let's hope they do that here again. And it's fire. Consider- You're, Yeah, I was about to say you're starting Hawkinson every week, anyways. But this is the week right here because the Eagles are horrible against the tight end.
2: Dennis and I are true believers for taking the Lions.
1: I hope I'm wrong because you know I I really want to see the Lions win. I really like Dan Campbell and what he's doing there, but I'm I am going to take the Eagles. The five and two Tennessee Titans at the three and four Indianapolis Colts. AJ Brown is heating up. Can he keep it going?
2: Yeah, he's uh, bounced back as they've had a more resurgent passing game. He was great last week against the Chiefs. The Colts uh, back end defense doesn't scare me. I think he's in for another wide receiver one week.
1: Yeah, I I mean, this is what he does, right? He has a couple bad weeks, and then he just turns it on and goes like supersonic and gets you a ton ton and ton and ton of points. I think that continues. A.J. Brown is one of the best wide receivers in the league and the Colts defense, you know, their linebackers in front are really good. Secondary doesn't scare me that much. So I do think that he's going to be able to get up some points. I, I mean, this is a huge game. It's weird to say it because it's so early in the season, but with the Colts sitting at three and four, they can get that win over Tennessee and go to four and four of them being a game behind the <laughs> Titans. I, I realistically think that the only way a team, the team coming out of the South is going to have to win their division. I don't think they get two teams in with how good the West and the North are. So I, I think these games for these two teams are going to be pivotal. I mean, the Patriots are getting back into it. We were making fun of Dennis earlier in the season about how bad the Patriots look, and all of a sudden they're right back in the playoff race. So it's a... Yeah. Uh,
2: they, they've beaten the Jets twice and the Texans. Let's okay. start. Oh.
1: You got you can, you can play who you play. You just got to win those games. That was the Browns last year, being honest. They had a lot of bad teams on their schedule, and then they get in, and realistically... You know, you can call me a homer all you want. I think they should have beaten the Chiefs. So you never know. It doesn't matter if they play a bunch of bad teams. If they beat them, they're getting there. they are have a chance of to get into the playoffs. So uh, aside from Taylor and Pittman, though, do you trust anybody for the Colts?
2: Yeah, there's somebody I really like for the Colts. Carson Wentz has become a more interesting super flex option. I wouldn't call him top 12, but as your QB2, uh, he's been doing pretty decent the last few weeks.
1: Yeah, and uh, I hate to say this because I don't like trusting him, but I feel like we're you. You still got to ride the high of Mo Ali Cox right now. I think we're still on the incline of that roller coaster. We haven't quite reached the peak yet. I think he's going to get at least a couple more touchdowns over the next couple weeks before we hit that sharp drop. Uh, yeah, so hit ride a- Pete Cox. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Yeah, well, I'll make sure to mark this uh, adults only now. Uh, yeah, it, it's one of those <laughs> things where. Right now, ride ride that ride that uh, I don't wanna continue that narrative. I was gonna ride the Mo Alley train, that's what I'll say. Not the not his last name. Let's yeah, we'll keep this here. we'll keep this as PG as possible. Keep riding the Mo Alley train because I think that uh he's probably gonna keep scoring touchdowns and get at tight end, that gets you top twelve value right there every single week. And I think he can do that. Uh, Who are you guys picking? i got to think about this one.
2: Dennis is taking the Titans. I'm taking
1: the Colts. You know what? I'm going to, in spirit of our good friend Tony, I will take the Colts to continue turning it around. Starting out 0-3 and coming back and and turning the season into 4-8. Tennessee beat them
2: in Tennessee. I figured they probably would split, so...
1: Here we go. All right. The 5-2 Cincinnati Bengals at the 1-5 New York Jets. How do you feel about C.J. Uzoma, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd this week?
2: So all the things he said about Mo Alleycox, I get that, but I actually feel that more strongly towards C.J. Uzoma, who seems to have found a real groove um, with Joe Burrow. You know, at receiver, it's definitely Jamar Chase, and we've loved what we've seen from Mixon. Tight end is a more low barrier position. And with the way he's spreading the ball out among Uzoma, Higgins, and Boyd in recent weeks, I feel better about Uzoma as a play at his position than I do about the other two. You know, I like T. Higgins' talent, but it seems like they're really only supporting one rock solid receiver in Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, I talked a lot about this again with Colin last night and I think T Higgins might be a guy you can trade for because he's been so disappointing. Like if you're a if you're a rebuilding team and you and a contender has Higgins and they're trying to get a more effective guy like A Cooper Cup, like I think you could send Cooper Cup and easily get a T Higgins and some picks back because of how good Cooper Cup's been and at that point I don't even think you're rebuilding. You you could almost be retooling, getting a guy like Higgins back cuz It's been a weird year for him. He's dealt with some injuries, but I think he's going to be fine. Chase has been phenomenal. I don't see him... I think he's going to be good all season. I don't know that he keeps this rate up. I mean, this is beyond historic, what he's doing. And if he continues to do that, he's going to go down in the record books as like the greatest rookie season of all time at wide receiver. So I don't know that that route continues I definitely think he continues to get yards and some touchdowns maybe not 200 and and you know or a hundred plus in a touchdown every single week which is kind of what he's been doing so T Higgins is going to come back into the fold here eventually um yeah and I mean uzoma the same thing if you need a t- if you need a tight end who's going to get you some yards and hopefully a touchdown there's not better there's not many other better choices than C-G- cJ uzoma right now any jets you're firing up this week with Mike White at the helm?
2: I still like Michael Carter. Um, it looks like Corey Davis may actually miss. Um, I'm I'm just avoiding that passing game, so it's just Carter for me.
1: Yep, yeah, I'm with you. Carter uh, played good last week. Uh, I think that he's going to continue to hopefully be the focal point in the running game, which is kind of what we've been hoping for, to see what he can do. I think that continues. Uh, I'm with you. He is the only one I am starting on the Jets, and I'm taking the Bengals to continue their dominating run here in the AFC. Yeah, we're we're all taking the Bengals. (laughs) The 6-1 Los Angeles Rams at the 1-6 Houston Texans. Is Sony Michelle anything more than a handcuff for the Rams?
2: No, he doesn't seem to have any standalone value. He's only gotten a heavy workload when Darrell Henderson misses.
1: Yep, I agree with you 100% there. You're firing up all of your Rams players. This should be a pretty good game for the Rams. On Houston, it looks like no Tyra Taylor yet. David Johnson was announced as a starting running back. Do we believe in him to bring back any kind of value?
2: I mean, there probably are worse flex options than David Johnson. He had decent low-end flex value even last week with Mark Ingram. I still need to see it to believe it. Both he and Brandon Cooks, you would think, have some appeal. It's not a great matchup and still riding the Davis Mills train. So I think it really depends on your situation. I've seen Johnson on waiver wires, even in Dynasty. Not a lot of people believing in him or, or our boy, Philip Lindsay right now.
1: Yeah, the one thing I think gives Johnson a little bit of a jump, and I don't necessarily believe this, but it really feels like after the last couple years in Denver and even him coming over to Houston, that Lindsey has just been pegged as a guy who can't catch the ball, which I don't believe, but it just seems like teams don't use him in that that aspect of the game anymore, which does give Johnson then some of that third down upside and and being behind production, which is going to happen not just in this game, but moving forward. I don't know how many carries they'll get. I mentioned it last night. Again, I feel like I'm I'm giving Colin a lot of free press here tonight or today that uh, we talked about this running back situation a little bit because Mark Ingram had carried had the ball carried the ball sixty more times than the next two, and Lindsey had actually out carried David Johnson up until this point by about ten carries. So if that switches some and Johnson gets some more carries, but gets a lot of the third down and receiving work. I think he can be flex-worthy. I don't know that he ever gets up in RB2 territory. You're going to need to get touchdowns out of him. But I do think he could get you probably 10 points a week. If he can get 30, 40 yards receiving and then 50, 60 yards rushing every week, which does seem possible, he's going to get you 10 points. There's not many other players you can ask to be at least somewhat consistent as a low-end flex play. So I think Johnson, if he's, as long as he's a starter, he can get you that. I'd be willing to throw him into a flex spot every single week. Uh, I will take the Rams to win this game.
2: Dennis and I are also taking the Rams. Well, if you're hungry for a big win this week, like some of the other teams that are out there, head to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, who has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. It's that simple. Sportsbook isn't available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed because everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings' daily fantasy sports contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets if they win. If they win, you win with promo code T-P-P-N this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: All right, let's talk about the three and four New England Patriots at the four and two Los Angeles Chargers. Could be a very interesting game in the fact that last time Justin Herbert played the Patriots, I believe they got blitzed 42 to nothing. Uh, So we know that Bill Belichick can coach against rookies, and I don't know that that necessarily changes one year into things. Uh, I do think that they could probably still throw some things at Justin Herbert that could confuse him. So, what can the Patriots do to win this game?
2: Yeah, and unfortunately for the Chargers, they're coming off a game where we thought they would be very competitive in Baltimore, and they got taken apart by that defense. I'm sure Belichick watched some of that, but that's we've seen the Patriots, they haven't won these games against some of the upper echelon teams, but they held Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in check. They held Dallas down for quite a while, made that a much more competitive game than some of us thought that was going to be held the saints down a little bit. So they have the pieces on defense to hold it down. And then it's met or being opportunistic on offense, playing a little bit of ball control offense. They've gotten Damian Harris going. I have him as a strong RB two play this week. I think he's going to be, be good. And then they need Mac Jones to keep evolving and hit a few big timely plays.
1: Yeah. I mean the big thing is gonna be what Damian Harris can do, right? I mean the Chargers have just been absolutely destroyed on the ground this this year. Um, and realistically, their secondary hasn't been good either. For for a team that I was expecting to have a really good defense, and I feel bad because I talked a lot about this beginning of the year. I picked him to make the playoffs. I have Justin Herbert as my MVP, and I said a lot of it I think is going to come down to this defense turning it around. But every time we buy into the Chargers, something happens, and they just end up failing. And I think it's going to be that defense now. That defense is just not looks good uh, to start off the season. Maybe they were able to fix some things during that bye week. We'll find out. But Damian Harris, I mean, I had him at 13. And it, it actually took a lot. to. It was between him and Mixon as my 12th spot. And I put Mixon up just because they're going up against the Jets. But, I, I mean, Damian Harris, I think, as long as he doesn't fumble, is in for a massive, massive game, which also likely means that uh, Ramondre Stevenson's going to get about 30 carries for, like, 40 yards, and Damian Harris is going to get five. J.J. Taylor. Oh, J.J. Taylor is going to get 10 catches for, like, 60 yards. And Damian Harris is going to get two receptions and four carries. And we're all going to be cursing at this point in time. Well, probably a couple hours after this on Sunday as Damian Harris is not doing anything for our fantasy teams. On the Chargers side, are we expecting a bounce back from that Ravens game for Justin Herbert?
2: Yeah, I mean, we talked about Josh Allen had two weeks to think about a disappointing loss. So did Justin Herbert. I think we see a good game on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm still in on him winning the MVP Definitely a bad game, um, and he's going to have to have a good one because the Patriots' defense is still very good, but you got Mike Williams who's playing as like a wide receiver one. You got Keenan Allen. One thing that does concern me is Austin Eckler dealing with a little bit of a hip injury. I don't know how much he plays, and I really – just to kind of go off-topic here a little bit, wh- what are you doing with him? Because we, we've we seen before – I mean, Eckler's a tough, tough SOB – but a hip injury, that's kind of a big deal. Like, I don't, we've, I've, I looked, a lot of bookmakers have him at only 50 yards this week. So a lot of people in Vegas who are very smart people don't think he's going to get a lot of run this week.
2: Well, it was troubling, too, because it was a late week ad. I think he got added to the injury report yesterday, which is never what you like to see. I think you have to watch it. If he plays, I'm still playing him because, you know, he's a factor in the short passing game and, and he is really their only yep. rusher. If he doesn't play, there isn't a running back. I want, you know, they'll yep. mix in Justin Jackson, Larry Roundtree and Joshua Kelly. And you can keep Gabe them neighbors. all as far, as I'm, no. as, far as I'm concerned.
1: You don't trust Gabe neighbors. Come on now. 6'3", 243. He's a ball. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think you've got to play Eckler unless obviously unless they rule him out, please take him out of your lineups, but if they say no, you play him go, regardless, if he's out man, he's still you know scoring. What? If it makes you feel any better, somebody who's known Devonte Adams was out since Monday did not remove him from a couple lineups. So here's hoping just because he's so damn good that he's going to give he's going to give me some wins this week.
2: That that has happened to me in the last couple of weeks with those late working on Sunday morning. I yeah. You know, in that 90 minute window, I don't always have a chance to go back and look. And then wow. afterward, I'm like,
1: that's that's a little bit more understandable for you because you were working. Like I said, I mean, I've known since like Monday that Devontae Adams wasn't going to be out, and I still didn't remove him. Uh, I thought you just I did, had hope. But no, it's just, he's just so damn good. You can't, bad, oh. it's bad fantasy karma. You pull him out You know what? Out. Bad <laughs> fantasy karma. My
2: Scott Fishbowl team, though. Yeah. I was so down in the, in my potential options with uh, bye weeks and injuries to tight ends. I had to play both James Conner and Randall Cobb last night.
1: Well, Hey, at least that's working out for you. I'm, it's fishbowl, man, better to man. be lucky than good, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Cause I, I, I mean, I love being in that league, but my goodness, it's so frustrating. Cause just to go off on a tangent here, like I'm like third highest in my league. In points and I'm like two and five or whatever because I just keep playing high end scoring teams every single week. And it's and then I'm losing Gronk, Logan Thomas, the Baker injury a couple weeks ago killed me. Like it's just been it's been a rough go know. for for Matty B over I, I here, gambled but.
2: on Drew Locke and I had Ryan magic <laughs> so I thought I was set at quarterback, but the last two weeks of buys, thank God Josh Allen and Derek Carr don't have buys the same week. So I yes. at least had a quarterback, but I have Kittle, I have Logan Thomas. Uh you know, fortunately though, I, I did a late grab on Hunter Henry, and that is one thing I'm gonna be watching out for in this game because he's had some chemistry with Jones. And this is low-key a revenge game for him playing against yep. the team that drafted him.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I, I I love being in that league and I love my team, so it's a little bit disappointing that I'm seeing a two-five. But hey, no, nowhere to go but up. For the char- – oh, I will um, – uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers. I think the Chargers will win.
2: Dennis and I are taking the Chargers as well. It seems that Dennis has come off his 14-3 and three proje- prediction for the Patriots. For the
1: re- Patriots. Smart man. The 1-5 Jacksonville Jaguars at the 2-5 and five Seattle Seahawks. How are we feeling about Jaguars tight end Sam uh, – not Sam Darnold, Dan Arnold – Hey, they're palindromes.
2: Um, You know, Dan Arnold, actually, they traded for him, and they seemed to like him. We we weren't sure exactly what that would mean, but even on a short week acquiring him, they've been targeting him. They were targeting him before the buy. I think he's a decent tight end, too, right now with some upside.
1: Yeah, I think I might pick him up and stash him, especially if I have another tight end that you can play. So I want to see it first, but I'm with you. We talked a little bit about this earlier in the week as well, like, the fact that they're using him, I, I think that he's going to start coming on here and actually start scoring you some points. At which case, you're not going to be able to get him off the waiver wire. So now might be the time you have to do it. And he's then a just desperation
2: kinda... fill in for me this week in a couple places. Is he?
1: Hey, I, I can't remember how. I I think I had him top 15. So I I think he's in for a good week. I really do here against uh, against the Seahawks. Are you playing anyone from the Seattle Seahawks backfield?
2: I'm not, I'm not the Rashad Penny truther that Dennis is, uh, but also Alex Collins. He seems nicked up. hasn't been incredible. Their entire offense is a little bit of a struggle. I don't even feel great about Tyler Lockett this week. Honestly, the only one I feel confident playing is DK Metcalf, and that's just because of his talent.
1: Yeah, I mean DK is just he he. He has to be locked up in your lineups, and I'm with you on Lockett. Like, he was so good earlier this year, and I thought maybe, you know, we saw a couple down weeks. It's like, I oh, will bounce back because that's what Tyler Lockett does, and he hasn't, and I think some of that is because Russ Wilson is not there. No one else can throw those moon shots like Russell Wilson unless just uh, Justin Fields can, but Justin Fields is not the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. I'm with you. Lockett likely continues struggles, and, I don't know that Penny's going to do anything. If, if Alex Collins was healthy, I'd play him because I think he's got some upside. But even that, he hasn't looked great. Uh, and now he's banged up as well. So I think if you can avoid it, I'm with you. I'm not touching anybody in this backfield. Who are you guys taking?
2: Dennis is taking the Jaguars because apparently he's a big Urban Myers truther. I couldn't do it. I'm still taking the Seahawks.
1: I think I'm going to take the Jags as well just because I- – Trevor Lawrence has been improving a lot these past couple weeks, coming off the bye. You know, Seattle's if we if this was the Seattle defensive old, this would be an easy pick for me on Seattle, but they're not. And Russell Wilson's not there. This offense doesn't look good. I'm, 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 I'm gonna take the Jaguars. The two and five Washington football team at the three and four Denver Broncos. Can Washington get back on track?
2: You know, they could. Denver's defense hasn't been as good the last four weeks as they were the first three. Von Miller hasn't been practicing. There's a chance he misses, in which case Denver has none of the four linebackers that started the season with. So, you know, Washington has a chance. I still like the talent in Denver's secondary, but they haven't exactly been locked down.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is about as best a chance as they're going to get just with all the injuries Denver's dealing with, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater still beat up. Is Vaughn Miller going to be back for this game?
2: No, that's what I just said. He hasn't oh, been okay. practicing. So it looks like he probably won't be back. I mean, they still have a lot of secondary talent, but they, they actually traded for a backup linebacker from the Vikings and a backup linebacker from the Rams this week. And it looks like both guys have a decent shot at starting or playing significant time.
1: So, yeah, I mean, if there's any shot, this this is going to be it. Um, you know, you're still firing up McCorn, Antonio Gibson, but the, the Washington football team, they need a win in some of the worst ways right now. Probably one of the most disappointing teams of the season so far. The Broncos have lost four straight. Does it end here?
2: They're at home. Washington hasn't been great on offense or defense, so it's a good chance. But Denver has faced what I – Perceived to be some decent matchups the last four weeks and has struggled mightily, so it's hard It's hard to say.
1: Yeah, I think this is going to actually be a really good game. I think both teams are very evenly matched, to, to be honest. So I, I do think that this will come down to a couple plays here or there. I'm going to take Washington, though. I think they've got just a little bit more offensive firepower that could possibly challenge Denver a little bit more and end up getting the win.
2: Dennis and I are taking the Broncos.
1: The six and one Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the four and two new Orleans saints. Uh, Likely no a B. What do we get? Or do we get another big day from Godwin and Evans? Gronk (laughs) looks like he will be back this week as well.
2: Yeah, I'll be curious to see how they mix Gronk back in, but we saw Evans and Godwin really uh, take off last week, and I think um, they will probably need to put up some points here. Uh, So I think they both have another solid game, and I think Fournette could have a solid game.
1: Yeah, I think I've got um, Godwin in for a pretty big game. I had him top 15. Evans, though, I had down at 24 uh, because I think Gronk is going to come back with with a vengeance here and have a pretty big game, and I'm with you. They seem to be relying a lot more on Fournette, and I don't think that goes away here. I think he's going to be a big part of this game as well. So I think that's got to affect somebody, and for me, it's going to be Mike Evans. Still no Michael Thomas, so what do the Saints need to do to win this game?
2: Yeah, and even more discouraging, they gave the it's a few few more weeks at least for Michael Thomas. <clears throat> We're to the point where you might wonder if we see him at all this season, which is a real shame. Uh, you know, I think the Saints have the same kind of personnel that we saw from Green Bay last night. They don't have the quite the same quarterback, but if they can get explosive passing game plays and some rushing plays from Kamara, they can use a newly returned Mark Ingram as kind of a battering ram, and they can get some timely receptions from a Marquez Quez Callaway or Traquan Smith. They can stay in the game. They've got to avoid big turnovers, and they've got to hope that their defense can be disruptive enough to hold the Buccaneers in check and maybe force a couple turnovers of their own.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. Uh, Michael Thomas, that is a little bit of a blow. You know, if you've got him and you've got him stashed on your IR, you know, at this point, it's not a bad thing, I guess, because you could still end up getting one of the best wide receivers in the game at some point this season. But obviously, we were hoping we were going to see him sooner rather than later. Likely doesn't look like that's going to be the case here. I actually do think this is going to be a very good game, but I'm going to take the Buccaneers to win.
2: I'm also taking the Buccaneers, but Dennis says Mark Ingram, baby, and is taking the Saints.
1: You know, I, I talked a little bit about this again. Hey, Colin, free pub. Last night was Colin. I do think this is a big deal for the Saints, getting him back. Him and Kamara yeah. had like a really good friendship. I think this could be a huge morale booster for them. We've seen the way teammates kind of rally around him as a leader. We saw that a lot in Baltimore with what he did there, and I think him going back to the Saints is a good thing. But Tampa Bay is really, really good. The Sunday Night Football game, the 5-1 Dallas Cowboys at the 3-3 Minnesota Vikings. Michael Gallup is slated to return. How does this alter the passing attack? Any worries about Dak not play?
2: Yeah, early in the week, I wasn't worried at all about Dak. It seemed like he had done well coming back and got the bye at the right time. There's been talk in the last couple days about him needing to clear some hurdles which gives me a little bit of pause. At the end of the day, I think he does end up playing in this game. Having Gallup back just gives them another weapon. We didn't really get a chance to see this season exactly what it would be like with Gallup, who got injured pretty early in that first game. I still like C.D. Lamb, the best of those receivers, and I still think Lamb and Cooper are a notch above. And it's possible that Dalton Schultz has jumped Michael Gallup's position too. You know, Gallup, in a contract year, uh, might just be the odd man out a little bit. I think it hurts Tony Pollard more than anyone else.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you on that. Uh, Zeke, I think, is going to be in for a big game because Minnesota's defense has been pretty, pretty good this year. I, I would uh, I don't know if this is going to be a huge shootout. You know, Jerry Jones seems to believe that Dak's going to play. Uh, there was uh, a lot of talk down here in Texas that he was seeing in a Stars game the other day without the boot on, so that's probably good news. Uh, But I I am a little bit worried about Dak not playing as well. And I'm with you on Gallup. If if Cooper or Lamb were hurt, maybe I'd be more excited about him coming back. But with the way that Dalton Schultz has really kind of come on as well, I think Gallup is unfortunately like the fourth guy in this rotation at this point. So I'm not sure he's going to do much. And he's definitely a guy that I think the Cowboys are hoping that he comes out and has a big game this weekend and then they're hopefully possibly able to trade him by Tuesday. Cause I, I do think if he goes out and has a big game, there's going to be some team that wants him. Uh, and I think he's going to probably be somewhere else as of next season, the Vikings have been up and down. Uh, what would a win mean for them here?
2: Yeah. I mean, they, we, we obviously saw a green Bay seven and one now, but the rest of that division is pretty open Chicago, three and four they've been struggling the soft center of the nfc there's going to be a lot of teams hovering around 500 trying to make the playoffs the vikings have quietly gotten back there if they can pile up a few of these you know crucial wins like this they can put themselves in conversation for a wild card
1: yep uh yeah i mean you guys had them much higher than i did i thought this was going to be one of those years and i I flip-flopped on them early in the year i thought they were going to be that team that goes in because it was every other year they're very good and while I thought they could be at the last minute, I kind of flipped and said they weren't going to be. Had them last in the NFC North. They, they're playing good. They really are playing good football. Um, and I think this is going to be a very good game. I'm taking the Cowboys, but I'm disagreeing with Dennis. Diggs is getting another interception, but Thielen probably could have a good game.
2: Yeah, that's a Dennis took the Cowboys, but he said no INT for Diggs. Thinks that streak ends and a big game for Thielen. I also think Diggs ends up getting an INT and I'm also taking the future NFC champion Dallas Cowboys.
1: The two and five New York Giants play the three and four Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night football. My God, what a like wet fart of a matchup this is. This is not a I'm not excited about this game at all. It's such a I mean, I mean, let's just be honest, right? This is not a, a great matchup. I'm sorry. It's a, <laughs> hey, I mean,
2: there are probably some other TV on. You know, maybe it's night to catch up on health. Eat a little yeah, <laughs> I
1: mean, I, I, I wish my wife was off so we could watch Dune because I'm not sure we're going to get a chance to watch it this weekend because, I mean, yeah, I might I might put Sopranos back on. But anyways, it's a good matchup for, for Daniel Jones and the weapons, right? Like, the Chiefs defense is not great. Can Daniel Jones put up a QB1 type week?
2: Yeah, I've been impressed uh, a little bit with the moxie of Daniel Jones. He's trying to run. We saw him make a fantastic catch last week. He's doing the best he can. Dude brought Dante by this back from the dead, got him a touchdown last week, uh, which tells you how far gone Evan Ingram truly is. Uh, Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard supposed to be back this week. It's not um, a terrifying defensive matchup. I actually have Daniel Jones as my QB start in my sit start. I think he can sneak into QB1 territory.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. The Chiefs' defense is bad, and I guess maybe that was a little bit of a mean reaction to this game. I guess it could be decent with as bad as the Chiefs' defense is. I just... uh... I think it's going to be good for like the first two quarters, but the Giants defense is if the Giants defense, what it was, what it was last year, I actually think this could be a good game, but if there was ever
2: a week to put on the Manning telecast of Monday night football, this might be it because You'll get some good interviews. You know, last week their interview with Brady was more entertaining than any of that uh, Seahawks game. So, you know, just put on the Manning brothers. I'm sure Eli will have some stories about his time in New York.
1: Maybe not all good either. I'd love I'd love to hear some drama. So yeah, I'm with you though, on Daniel Jones. The Chief defense has not been good this year. If he can get some rushing yards, uh, I think that he could end up being a pretty good quarterback. I'm starting him because uh, he has limited the turnovers for the most part as well this season. So that that's definitely good to see. It's kind of been the big crux for him. Uh, but likely you no know, Kenny Galladay. Um, you know Evan no Ingram sure. sucks. No Saquon. I don't really know that there's going to be much for him to throw to. Is this a get-right game for the Chiefs? Is this their third get-right game of the season?
2: Well, look, three and four, last place in the AFC West. When this game kicks off, it will be November on the calendar. It's time for the Chiefs to get serious if they want to make a playoff run. I think you see, at least offensively, they're going to come out and want to establish something because they, got, they didn't just lose last week. It's fair to say they got humiliated.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I. I talked about this a little bit on Monday. I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of those games live. I, I took my kids and my wife. We went to the air show here in Texas, and uh, I went to look at my phone and saw it was like twenty-seven nothing. I was like, "What? Like that? That's not possible." Yeah, so
2: my home stuff.
1: Yeah, I was like, "What the hell happened?" And so I went w- back and watched the replay and again. I mean. You know, it is what it is. I don't know that it's a get-right game because I don't think the Chiefs are what we thought. They're not the Chiefs of the past. They're just not. I mean, this offense is good. It's not great for whatever reason, whether it's the offensive line not really gelling, not having a running game, Patrick Mahomes trying to do too much. I think they need the bye week in a major way to kind of sit down and everybody calm down. So I think they're going to play good. I think it's going to be a good game overall, but no, I don't think it's a get right game for them because I don't think they have everything figured out.
2: And I think they're a late season by if I, yeah, they're November 28th. So they still have three, three weeks to go. The thing that'll be internet, the Giants defense hasn't been incredibly terrifying, but we saw a Carolina team come in and need to get a get right game last week and get taken apart. Kansas City better watch out. You can't take any of these teams lightly.
1: Speaking of the Tennessee Titans beating up on the Chiefs last week, news just dropped 36 seconds ago. Julio Jones out for the Tennessee Titans this week. So adjust your lineups accordingly.
2: And even so, more
1: A.J. Brown to the moon. Yeah. Uh, Julio Jones. Who would have thunk it? Anyways. Uh I will take the Chiefs to win the game.
2: Dennis is taking the Chiefs and uh I guess I am taking the Chiefs as well. I guess does that make them the, the stain in the underwear
1: for the week? Probably. Yeah, I mean, it's um, I really don't think they're going to blow the Giants out, but I just don't think it's going to be a good game, clearly. All right, so that will do it for us today. We'll be back on Monday. Likely, Matt, myself, and Dennis to recap everything we saw from the Week 8 NFL slate. Everybody, good luck to your fantasy teams this weekend. We are getting closer and closer to those trade windows to – decide if your team is really that contender or if you are a pretender so we'll talk a little bit about that next week as well until next week enjoy the weekend enjoy the nfl football we'll talk to you guys again on monday
0: prepare for glory i don't know if you got your popcorn ready you i came out the whole i already. and he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown i would be honest Throw it up above his head. They can't jump the me, Golly! Oh, they tackle him in the for the Who can make a play? I can
1: Who can make a play? I can't. <laughs> <laughs>